episode 191, talk about why I think we're going to see big changes in the Bass Match Elite Series, and it's all because of these EQ rookies. Find out more in this episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. If you watched Toledo Bend and you saw how the rookies performed and how the veterans, some of them didn't perform, you might be thinking to yourself, what is going to happen with the state of the Elite Series? And how long before my favorite veteran pro is no tour? We are going to answer some of those questions tonight on Hell of Ass Live. I think based on what I'm seeing, things are going to change. I don't know if you agree, disagree, but uh, that's my feeling on things for sure. Good evening, everybody, on the rescheduled Saturday night. My daughter's feeling better today. So excited to be back. Thanks, Brian. Tonight's live stream is presented by Arsenal Fishing and, as always, boosted by Powerhouse Lithium. If you haven't joined the Powerhouse Lithium Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing Group, they have started that. And they're giving away a 48 amp, a 16 volt 48 amp hour uh, battery for the year end winter. So be a good league to get into. <clears throat> be like a well, five, six hundred dollar value giveaway there. But we're back Saturday night. Maybe Saturday night could be a night we go for because I watched a members only stream of Devo, and unfortunately, he sounds like he's going to be cutting back on his lives. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll uh, occupy the Friday, Saturday night. Uh, Brian, you won't have to much to catch up on. You're only a minute forty two behind. <clears throat> you should catch up quick. Marty Burns, we're on the see. That's the advantage of going on a Saturday. You get Marty Burns in the chat. Uh, when I was watching on the live mix this morning or listening, I think there was like closer to 1,500, 2,000 tuning in, but that was when FS1 was on. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't had a chance to look, but I did see a couple of my guys rallied today. We'll definitely do a fan. I didn't really have time to take in uh, any, uh, an agenda here. I usually have a couple notes, a couple things scribbled out. And... Uh, but uh, we'll uh, go with it on the fly here. We'll go for about 90 minutes or so because I'm actually going to try to squeeze in a whatnot stream tonight after this. So if those are in for gluttoning for punishment. You can tune in later for the uh, the whatnot. I got a bunch of stuff that I guess I probably have to shut a few minutes because I'm not really prepped for that either. But yeah, I was at the. Uh, so today, after I confirmed that my youngest sweet daughter Reese was feeling okay. Uh, took off this morning. I watched a live stream of my oldest daughter's soccer game in North Carolina, and then I took off for Intune Marine and attended their open house today, which was a lot of fun. Saw uh, a few faces and a few people that said, hey, you don't know me, um, but I watch your video. So it's cool to see people like that 
don't get the doll joke clay i didn't see that in the comments but i'm sure you're talking about those t-shirts <clears throat> um maybe uh not tonight the the rock crawlers are not in tonight's auctions but i got a ton of brand it's mostly all new stuff tonight like live uh six cents uh things like that uh some mega bass stuff <clears throat> Yeah, the Bassmaster chat I heard was quite lively and uh, controversial. People basically arguing pro and against uh, live scope. What's up, Tyler? So, yeah, the the it was good. There was a lot of people at the open house. It was very well attended in Two Marine. There was a lot of things happening. I talked to some guys that uh, bought some boats, some used boats, some new boats. They were pretty excited. <clears throat> Um, overall, it was good. Saw Sobe, saw Aaron Teal, Bankston, uh, Walleye God, Will Pappenfuss was there, a few other people. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. Got to, to talk to a lot of people, talk to fishing. It was beautiful out today. So that was cool. So I didn't really, they had the, the live mix up on the screen there, and it was, there was no sounds. I could see it. It was definitely a lot of, a lot of pinging minnows. That was the majority of it. But I did see Walter's. Looked like he was standing on his trolling motor trying to look at some later in the day, which I thought was kind of cool. But I think, I know after day one, um, I think all nine of the EQ rookies were 39th or better. John Garrett was the worst at 39th, and I think almost all the rest of them were in the top 25. So day one, they the EQ rookies made themselves known. So I haven't had a chance to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure they all made the top 50 cut. <clears throat> um, Lucas, six for 43 pounds. Interesting. Yeah, I would totally watch BPT um, if they didn't stack themselves on top of Bassmaster events constantly. Um, so let's take a live look at the old uh, Hellabass. I was really the first day I was sitting good. I had I was like 95th percentile. <clears throat> um, here is day two before I didn't refresh it. I fell quite a bit on day two. Actually, this was this is a let's uh, we just got to refresh it here. This was but day three, I think people bounced back. So just under 1100 points, not great, but percentage wise, I think a lot of people struggled in this event. Um, uh, so, uh, I still have Walters alive, which is good. So, um, that's not, so I think Fujita has the big bag, but I feel like Walters is the kind of guy that can freak show on the last day. And so I got one guy still alive to get me uh big bass or big, you know, big bag bonus points. Uh, Wesley Gore literally got knocked out. When Patch Slopper, he was in tenth until Patch Slopper weighed in, so he fell to eleventh. But there was a rebound here, so like day one was pretty strong. I had like eleven more than that. I don't remember how many points it was, but it was like eleven, twelve, thirteen hundred. Uh, but Cody Huff slipped, but he rebounded a little bit. Uh, JC Tompkins kind of held steady, slept a little. Latuso dropped a little bit. Uh, Wesley Gore dropped and then pretty much got back to where he was. So overall. Pretty decent start, not sitting in a big hole, not as high as I'd want to be, but overall, not a bad first event. And uh, Walters has got a little room to grow here, maybe get a points, maybe if he does something 
freakishly good, he'd get me some bonus points. He's got a long shot to win, though. I feel like <clears throat> he's in fifth. He is or sixth. He's quite a bit behind. Um, our guy Pat Schlopper from Wisconsin is uh, in the driver's seat for sure. Yeah, uh, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, I would expect to see 50% of Bassmaster turnover in the next five years. And you think, well, that, that would make sense because they you know, 10 new people come in every year. But in the old system, you know, when people are qualifying for a single division, I think they were a lot of times cannibalizing themselves, right? Like some person would come in, they do well in the central division, and then they would be out in two years. So the people coming in from the opens were just replacing, you know, a lot of times at least half of the open anglers weren't sticking around after one or two or three seasons. But I think these anglers that make it through the EQs now, nine Bassmaster opens at the level of people that are qualifying and that the rigor of that nine series schedule to be in the top nine to 10 at the end of the season is such a high threshold that they're going to be around to stay. And we'll look at the, uh, um, the standings here, but th that's my kind of early take on this is, and it, and it kind of ties to fancy fishing, because I think if you want to do on fancy fishing, you better be picking these EQ anglers consistently, I think, and at least giving them a hard look. Uh, Drain the lake, <clears throat> not as good. I mean, I got more points, but uh, only an 82nd percentile. It's not terrible either. Uh, Gore, so I got Melikin still. So if Melikin wins and I get his bonus points, it'll kind of turn this roster around. Although I'm sure a lot of people own him, but that would be a big boost. But he's a little bit of a long shot. Oh, John Garrett actually fell to 63rd. Okay, so he fell out of the cut. Um, <clears throat> Latuso was a bit of a disappointment, but you've seen a trend here. If we look at Bassmaster.com, I'm sure there'll be anomalies to what I'm about to say here. But if we go to the leaderboard, uh, Patch Slopper's got, and Patch Slopper, he's he's an old guy uh, by standards today. I'm not sure how Pat, how old is Patch Slopper. Does it say how old they are? 83. So he's younger than I am. So he's right at 40, 39, 40, depending on his birthday, born in 83. Uh, but in general, I don't think we want to pick many guys that are over 40 uh, in fancy fishing. Uh, I don't think the Johnsons are in their 40s. Jordan Lee's definitely not in their 40s. To find somebody in their, I don't think Stetson Blaylock's in his 40s, is he? 87. Nope, he's even, he's only like 35. Uh, Patrick, David Mullins, probably the oldest. So there, David, 81, he's not even 40. No, he has 40. So Mullins is 1981, which puts him at what, 43, 42, uh, 22nd. So he is the best finishing 40. Plus, and he's like barely 40. Um, interesting. <clears throat> uh, I did post it. It was just uh, so my fantasy fishing videos aren't posted uh, like Toledo Bend, Bass Mass Lead Series, Fantasy Fishing Picks, Hella Bass. Uh, they're typically the, the one I did was a uh, 
a picture of Ben Milliken and it said, can Ben Milliken repeat or can Ben Milliken win again on Toledo Ben? Because if I, re if I, uh, if I label them as hella bass fantasy fishing picks, uh, they get like a 10th of the views, but it's out there. <clears throat> it's out there on YouTube and Facebook. It's got like 5,000 views on it. It was actually, it was posted on Bassmaster as well. Yeah. He crushed them. Yeah. So, some people like Bassmaster. Some people like uh, DPT. And it's kind of divisive on whose coverage they prefer. Definitely more interesting, more variety. On the MLF, the little bit I watched. Worldwide got two eights today. Nice. So he did make the, the final round. I'd like to see that. I love his fish boat docks hat. Yes. Well, the burning season, if you're saying front-facing sonar isn't hard to use at all, I think that's a bad take. Uh, and if you've done it, and you traveled all over the country and caught them all over the season, then I'd love to to see you out there if you thought it was that easy. <clears throat> because all these guys have it, and even some of the guys that are really good at it didn't have great tournaments. I, I don't accept that as a take. I don't... Uh... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If if somebody has done significant front-facing sonar in inclement conditions and all varying and have caught, then then I would love to hear how easy it is by them. Um, but a lot, I think, the reason the the the, the scores are down, right, are the uh, you know some of the big names that below the fifty cut uh, that we expected to do well, like Tyler Rivette. Although I kind of see him as a younger group, John Cox. I think a lot of people probably had in their teams Polinick. Robertson, Safuentes, although he's still a guy that's really good. These are guys that are good with it. I mean, Safuentes won two tournaments on front facing. That easy. Why didn't he catch them? Jason Christie, you know, Hackney. These are guys that we thought were going to do really well. Hackney, a 93rd on Toledo Bend. Uh, I don't think many people saw that coming. So, yeah, I think fantasy fishing strategy might take early on is uh, pick the EQ guys. Uh, pick guys that are less than 40 unless you're really sure about uh, what's going on. Yeah, well, New York and Minnesota fish aren't exactly the toughest fish to catch in the world. <clears throat> yeah. I was really hoping, honestly, that Toledo Bend was going to be more coming to the bank. And I there was a lot of anglers that struggled today that were having good tournaments. Uh, and yeah, I wonder if some of that is, is the fish going to the bank and will there be some disruption? Will there be something shake up with these top 10 guys? Will some of them do something other than front facing? They'll be interesting to see tomorrow. Um, but here's also my take. the You still have to know where to look because there's a lot of anglers that are good with front facing sonar that didn't do well in this tournament but you start look, listening to guys like drew gill and uh some of these other younger guys like when i had uh wesley goron 
when he started talking about his approach of how he attacks the lake and where he starts to look, you start to understand these guys know a lot more about bass fishing than just front-facing sonar. Like, just being good at reading electronics and seeing fish is not enough. You have to have a really good strategy for breaking down a lake in two and a half days. And that's what these younger guys are really doing at a high level is they're understanding where to look and how to look and do it faster and better than the rest of these guys. <clears throat> it, it's there, There's more to it than just looking at the screen. Um, Pat wins 20 pounds. He wins 16 pounds nail biter. Well, I don't know because he's only six pounds up. I think, and so there's he's six pounds up on Kujo Kuyo, and then like eight pounds. I mean, Fujita had thirty one the first day, so there's no reason to think that Kioa couldn't do another twenty five pound plus bag. So I think really to be safe, you know. Pat needs 24, 25 pounds to like feel really good about it. Anything less than that, I think the door is cracked open on Toledo Ben. I think. Yeah, Milliken also said that about day two, and he had his worst day of the tournament. So not saying he won't. Um yeah, 80% of the tournaments are gonna be, yeah, they probably will be one with front-facing sonar or will be significant impact for sure. And if we want to see anything different, we need a big schedule change. Um you know, like, hey, let's put the Potomac on there. Let's put lacrosse on the schedule. Let's put uh, Gunnersville. You know, uh, when the grass is topped out and the grass bite is best. I know. I think you need to like heavy grass fisheries, largemouth only grass fisheries, is what combats. Like Toledo Bend has grass, but it's not like super grassy. I think you need to be there uh, in the right time of year, and grass largemouth fisheries will somewhat mitigate front-facing sonar. Yeah, I didn't really follow the Matt Steffen story. I've actually been kind of busy. Uh, my daughter had a hockey game last night, and then she wasn't feeling well. And Yeah, I thought Latuso knew enough about Toledo Bend to at least be competitive. <clears throat> oh, Dustin said he's got a buddy on Lake Fork that caught a eight full of eggs bloody tail. So it'll be interesting to see as we peek forward. Let's look at Emory, Texas weather. Um Let's see here. So they've got, I don't need hourly. I want 10 day. Come on. I don't want your ads on my screen. So it's, it's uh, 81, 87, 83 over the weekend. So this will be first day of practice will be Monday, Tuesday. And then we kind of dip. I think that's going to somewhat keep those fish at bay at Lake Fork. They're going to start moving, but. Can it get enough of them in the mid-range where guys can catch them on traps and cranks and chatterbaits? I thought it was getting that warm on Toledo Bend, but uh, I feel like uh, results proved otherwise. Yeah, rivers, 
grass and tidal fisheries uh, would help make this a lot more interesting. Yep, it is a full moon. That's true. I didn't notice that there was like a 90 or 90 some percent moon yesterday. <clears throat> All right, burning season. You have, I mean, shallow power fishing is definitely, it's not gone, but it's definitely minimized greatly for sure. <clears throat> but I don't like to speak in absolutes and it's it's a bad take to speak in absolutes burning season. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to keep the cold nights at Fork will keep it a little bit mitigated. So I would definitely not saying you can't have any kind of shallow pre-spawn power fishermen, but I would I would hedge your bets. I wouldn't go all in on it. That's for sure. Yeah, we keep talking about this, you know, shallow coming back in five years. I mean, I think incrementally we'll see unpressured fish on the bank, but you still have the recreational weekend crowd that still pressures the banks, even when the, you know, the guys you see on TV have all the screens and doing all the, the shaking minnows and jerk baits. But you know, your average anglers are still putting a lot of pressure on the banks and shallow cover. And I think one thing that front facing sonar has taught us or reconfirmed is there was always the adage that, Hey, we're fishing for, you know, 10% of the bass, you know, 90% of the bass are behind us. I think this has proven that's really true. And even when fish are coming to the bank and we think they're coming to the bank, they are coming to the bank, but there's still more of them behind them. And then when the ones leave the bank, they go back out. And so almost 95% of the year, most of the fish are behind you if you're on the bank. I think that's what we're learning. Lake Fork is around full pool to get up shallow. Um... Yeah, I wish I had time to do that. Like a, almost like a a nightly BFL or a, a BTL, right? So we'll have uh, Panger do morning recaps, and then it would be fun to do like a, a thirty minute late night show uh, recapping. I just maybe when my kids are done out of high school in a couple of years, that could be something. Clay, I I would enjoy doing that. The only thing I feel like largemouth and grass fisheries, shallow can still play. But I could be wrong, right? Maybe they do come out with a, a schedule, but I mean, can you catch fish on uh, lacrosse with front facing sonar? Yes. Are you going to dominate? Absolutely. I don't think so. Um, if leech didn't have smallies, front-facing sonar would barely play. Do I think... I don't think front-facing sonar impacts the lakes negatively. The majority of them, are there circumstances where certain lakes could be, where they're catching them deep and there's like a, you know, a delayed mortality or... If there was lakes that were susceptible to harvest, but 
the majority of the anglers, at least bass anglers, using front-facing sonar aren't keeping the fish. And we already have creel limits in place. So I don't think over-harvest is an issue for bass. You know, I think there are some lakes where crappie it might be a little more susceptible or panfish. And I think that's up to the DNRs and the, you know, hopefully they're watching this and they're adjusting creel limits and success rates. But as long as they do their job and adjust creel limits and regulations, I I don't think so. I, I, I think all that that Randy's talking about is a little bit, there's no science behind it at this point. Bass Pundit not happening with his fantasy squad. He said it was a uh, dumpster fire. Well, bite has gotten tough on the cross, but I think that's more fishing pressure. And I actually talked to uh, so Will Pappenfuss, who's like a very well-known Minnesota walleye angler, fishes the NWT and things like that. And there is not the outcry in the walleye like fans. Like walleye fans don't say that it has ruined walleye fishing for them or watching walleye fishing. Obviously, it's not nearly as much coverage or live coverage, but but for them, right? It was a lot of trolling, a lot of jigging, and front-facing sonar has actually made walleye fishing more like bass fishing now right like they actually pinpoint they cast they use more power fishing than they ever have in walleye fishing because of this whereas walleye fishing has become more finesse because of it so it's interesting that and and they're more successful now than ever in walleye tournaments and it actually makes it more interesting to watch than watching somebody pull lead core or pull cranks or pull spinners so definitely a different dichotomy from the walleye world and and what they're experiencing um he said the only people that complain in walleye tournaments are the people that don't want to buy it or don't want to do it they just want to keep trolling and they expect to have the same success that they always had um cool close to a hundo on youtube that's cool if you guys uh get a chance hit the thumbs up doesn't cost you anything helps the show <clears throat> but i do think yeah you're if we look at I don't know, make up names here, <clears throat> but, you know, I think a lot of people's favorite anglers that they've grown, grown accustomed to in the next five years are in trouble. I mean, I think a lot of these, I would think a KJ Queen is in trouble, Ray Hanselman, trouble, Greg DePalma is probably in trouble, Clint Davis, uh, you know, I think Rick Clunz days are very numbered i don't know how many legend points he's got left um you know i don't know how many legend points iconelli has <laughs> yeah he's he's probably got enough years i don't know how they do the resets on the people that came back but i think like brad watley uh you know clifford purchase had a few tough years i think cole sands is in trouble todd otten cliff prince keith combs you know, those kids have had some good years, but the last couple of years, like trending down, they're going to run out of points real quick, I think, with these, you know, because I don't think, I think this year's opening Q anglers are going to be right on par with the ones that came in last year. Uh, you know, Kobe Krieger, but I think like, you know, when we watch the people that are like, let's look at uh, 
the uh, the EQ standings for this year and just looking at the names that are potentially about to come in, <clears throat> even after two tournaments. I mean, I don't know a ton about Paul Marks, but you go top 10 Okeechobee and then watch top two diverse fisheries. That seems scary. Easton Fothergill. Do you think when he makes the elites, he's not going to be super successful? Tucker Smith, Emil Wagner, Dakota Eber, like these guys, Andrew Loberg. I mean, if these guys make it, they're going to be displacing these veterans just like the last nine. So uh, it's uh, going to be scary. Yeah, Jay Lee didn't miss a beat. Comes back. Did he end up top 10 or did he fall just out? I forget. Yeah, leave 10th, 10th overall. So, yeah, if anybody thought he was, you know, I mean, he's going to be taking people, he's going to displace people. I don't think Paul and I should retire. He'll still be relevant. He's going to make classics, he's going to win some events. But here's a hot take if, uh, if Paul Nick broke away from Hummingbird. Would he be more competitive? Um, I don't think John Cox, you know, John Cox was, he'll still be around. He's good enough. I mean, he'll still make classics. He'll still be relevant. Um, did, it, did we ever get any coverage of supposedly uh, Ed Lofren? Was supposedly had some kind of Google glasses. He was pairing with his... He finished 92nd, so not so sold on that. Yep, we did see Ben's in fifth. Yeah, Ben, uh, in the first day of coverage, or first two days, he was shaking worms, minnows, he did not throw any big baits on live that I saw the first two days. He wasn't on camera today, so I guess you'll see tomorrow, but didn't look like, I mean, a few jerk baits in live, a lot of little minnows. And then I saw a few guys like Walters trying to get up and look at a few late in the afternoon. The first day we saw Christy throwing a spinner bait, Hackney throwing a bladed jig, flipping, throwing a square bill, but those did not produce any size or consistency. Chris says he said he did not use them at win. He said he didn't use the glasses that has for crappie fishing. Well, maybe he might want to use them at fork. Uh, I don't know. They had big crowds at the weigh-in to come watch. You're, you're always going to have that at any venue. There's a couple... Um, maybe you should have tried it at this one. What else is going on? Uh, didn't make an agenda. But yeah, so we had 
I mean, so you got Robert Gee, number third, third place. He's an EQ angler. 11th, Wesley Gore, EQ angler. Trey McKinney, 12th, EQ angler. So that's three in the top 12. Tyler Williams, 19th. So that's four in the top 20. Is Logan Parks. That's five in the top 20. 21st, Kyle Patrick. That's six in the top 21. Huff, no, he's been around. Uh, JT Tompkins, 30th. That's seven in the top 30 out of nine anglers. Timothy Dubay bounced back, the nation guy. He actually got 36th. Um, who am I missing? We know that John Garrett fell to 63rd. Was there another? Where's the other one? Who am I missing? I don't know, but you get the gist of it, right? Like, they are uh, making their presence known. Yeah, I counted Gee already. Gee was in third. Oh, Milliken. Milliken was fifth. I forgot. He was one of the EQs. So, uh, eight in the top 30. The only one that didn't make the top 50 cut was John Garrett who fell to 63rd after a bad second day, but he was 39th after the first day. So, uh, six cameras or 10? I'm not sure. Do they only have six today or do they have 10? I don't know. You got Milliken and Lee. That's good. Uh, Fouts did okay. He made the top 50, I know. Fouts was 28th, got himself a solid $10,000 check. It is the 50th season. I don't know how many uh, legend points he has left. I don't think this is not Steve Kennedy's last year. He's got too many years of good finishes. He'll be around for a while. <laughs> what else is going on look at look i got let's check i mean in fairness act let's look at the bpt they are finals tomorrow and they're six day i'm kind of looking forward to when they go to the four-day tournaments instead of their six-day tournaments So how do we see? So knockout round, we have 10 people in. So Cole Floyd won the knockout range. You get nothing for winning the knockout round. Justin Lucas, Dylan Hayes, Jacob Wheeler, James Watson, Dean Rojas, Dave Lefebvre, Matt Becker, Casey Ashton, Jesse Wiggins. Dudley, first guy out. Canal didn't make it. Uh, I don't think my fantasy team is doing super awesome here. I did put my picks in. Hmm. 3,849th for this event. 
Andy Morgan, not great. Hot to foe. Brian Thrift, that one hurts. Keith Carson. You think two guys that could catch him on uh, Cypress Trees would be those two guys? Uh, let's see. Uh, overall, no, there's no overall standings. I did better at uh, Toledo Bend, I think. But. Wheel of Death spinning here. Oh, look at this. Fisherman 83, currently 22nd MLF Fantasy. Well, hopefully you can move up tomorrow. Uh, I was only 432nd on Toledo Bend. Much better. Yeah. Uh, Patch Lopper said, I think he's a vet, right? I mean, I mean, third year. He's 40. Right, did he do the math earlier that he I think he's forty? <clears throat> but uh, he said on day two that he went down to Texas for an entire month ahead of the tournament and fished other lakes, and basically went out every day and practiced front facing sonar and fishing for these wintering pre spawn fish with his sonar in preparation for Toledo Bend. That's what makes it difficult for the average angler to get up to speed, is you don't have the time to be able to get in and the hours to log to get that proficient at breaking down these lakes and getting that dialed in on the technology to keep up. Okaboji North Bay is whole open. Whole lake will be open next week. Mm, don't tempt me with a good time, Ryan. I was just talking to somebody about making a trip down to Spirit or Okaboji. Nick, maybe it's because she wears the same color Yoga pants for every podcast. That's the problem. Um, I think what he said, he didn't, he didn't put the Garmin on his boat until last year, I think is what he was saying. I think he had the mega live. Hmm. Uh, I'm not saying nobody threw any big baits at Toledo Bend. Nobody that has been on camera or that has made any noise in the tournament has thrown any big baits. Hopefully Fork, but I don't know. Yeah, my understanding is there are several guys like Zeldane and Fighter and a few others ended their relationships with Johnson Outdoors hummingbird to be able to run what they want. <laughs> hmm. And the birds are good. There's the 360 is a great product. Other parts of their products are really good, but. <laughs> In that ping and minnow, you know, shaking your cricket game, seems like it trails Garmin and Active Target a little bit. 40 pound bag. Would love to see that. 
I mean, I think the, you know, I think Schlopper is in pretty good position to hit the 100-pound mark. And if he's going to win, he probably should hit the 100-pound mark. Right, he's sitting at 78, so he only needs 22 pounds. That's probably what he wants to feel, like, pretty decent about winning. So anything short of 100 pounds, Pat Schlopper is going to be nervous. Uh, so really, there's only about maybe five guys that really can even, like, they'd have to free. I mean, Milliken needs... 33 and a half pounds, which is doable. So, yeah, I mean, six Walters, 66, 34 pounds. So, there's six guys that could, but Patch Loppers is the only guy that's really got like a good shot, right? Everybody else needs a top five bag of the tournament to do it outside of Schlopper. Schlopper, if his worst date was today, was 22.7, and that would give him 100 pounds, seven ounces. So, if he can match what he did today, he'll break a hundred. Everybody else has got to pretty much have almost, you know, their biggest bag of the event. Uh, nothing wrong with watching more Hellabast than Toledo Ben. AC me. What's up, Colby? I mean, 20 pounds he should win, but I don't think you can even feel. I mean, Kyoyo had. I mean, there's been a lot of bags over 26 this week. He weighed two of them. The guy behind him had a 31. Gee, who's right behind him, had a 29. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Pat could win it with less than 100, but he's definitely going to be sweating it out, and the top 10 is going to have to have a rough day. I guess I didn't look at the wind forecast tomorrow for uh, mini Louisiana. That could be the, uh, the wild card here. Tomorrow, southwest 21 miles an hour. That could put a damper on things. I mean, they've had wind already, but uh, that could... Uh, if you're Pat Schlopper, you hope it blows 40 and they just cancel day four. <laughs> There's still a few guys with the Hydra Waves, but it's not nearly as standard equipment on boats as it used to be. You know, I bet you five to ten years ago, it was almost like on 80% of the boats. Now it's probably on less than 20% of the boats in the Elite Series. We're talking in secret code about secret colors for Lake Fork. Yeah, I'm sure there was weekend pressure. That definitely... Uh, I'm not going live on WhatsApp, but I'm going live on WhatNot in about 45 minutes. But it could make the you know like Walters and I know the Johnsons were going up starting to peek at him and look so there could be a guy that goes shallow and busts a big bag tomorrow too I wouldn't rule that out.
it would be nice to see a little bit of shallow mixed in on the coverage for tomorrow. We'll see. They're going up tonight. I didn't run it last night. We got a, a whole pile of six cents baits for tonight. New in the box. I do have the WhatsApp app. I just don't really use it. Krieger said his day one weight when he had a big day was all sight fishing. That's cool. Don't say the name. Oh, look at all the secrecy. You guys have been hanging out with TK too much. Did you guys see the uh, the uh, Facebook Marketplace $100 haul video that I put up? Time to catch them early. Interesting. All right, we're going to take a quick... Uh, when do we start fishing? I mean, technically, for the majority of our waters... We can't, the bass catch and release season doesn't start till Mother's Day weekend. We can start fishing border waters in the river as soon as the ice goes. So I could technically probably go down to the lacrosse. It's probably open mostly. Boji's probably going to open here in another week or so. So like in theory, early March, if I want to start driving a couple hours. I don't know if that's a kind thing to do to the youth groups or a mean thing to do to the youth groups. <laughs> what if they get splinters from snapping those ducket rods? Uh, yeah, I almost feel kind of bad as I went into um, that. I kind of want to buy, I want to get one of these hashtag fishboat docks hats. I think it would make a good visor. It's cut for the visors for sure. All right, we're going to be right back here in. 30 seconds. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hella Bass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. Thanks for hanging in with the Dream Team. Thanks for the Dream Team supporting. Cheers to the Dream Team. Professor Backlash says he broke three ducats in one tournament. I also got some uh, Yozuri. Here's, I'll give you a little sneak peek. Yeah, I heard Watson kind of said his sponsors prefer that he didn't wear it, and so he obliged. But we got like some jerk baits. Got some of these Yozuri topwaters. Some crushed square bills. Oh, lots of stuff. Some lipless, some of the new F4s. We'll be starting these cheap. Got a whole bunch of them. What about this one? That's what we were hoping they were going to catch them on Toledo Bend. 
Don't they still make the rattling vibe? Uh, no, I think Debo said, I don't know, maybe he's scheduled, but I said he was going to start taking, like, he was going to only do once or twice a month drives. Yeah, lives. I've been, uh, yeah, Brian, FBD is FBD, but politically correct, we just say fish boat docks. Yeah, will Lee Levesey, yes, he is the favorite at Fork, and my fantasy fishing video will be something like, can anybody stop Lee Levesey at Lake Fork, or can Lee Levesey be beaten at Lake Fork, or will Lee Levesey three-peat at Lake Fork? That will be the title of my fantasy fishing video that will come out Sunday night, Monday morning. The Dream Team. Supreme Lending Mortgage Lender. When you have to refinance your house to pay for all those warts that you've been buying, Tyler, you can call Aaron Degas at the Dream Team and he'll help you out of trouble. Does the full moon mean anything for fishing? It definitely affects some things, uh, for sure. Yeah, FPD is a little bit like let's go, Brandon, for sure. So Taga Bulls and Lee C will get you views. I don't know in today's, are most of the people old enough to know the Bulls anymore? Are the Bulls relevant anymore? Clay says he's, he won't he won't take the percentage. Uh, he had a decent tournament. He's probably going to be in bucket B, I would guess. Yeah, good for Watson. I kind of would like to watch some of that. All right, people are saying he will not win. He would be the king of fork. <laughs> TK says uh, the full main makes the uh, the little ones crazy at home. Uh, that also could be affecting things. Do you think Bass missed? So here's one thing that I think Bass did great is they rolled out a lot of their live coverage on YouTube, making themselves way more accessible to more audiences. So you don't have to go to FS1. You don't have to go to Bassmaster Cobb. We've all got YouTube on our smartphones, our tablets. Most of us have smart TVs. It's a literally a one button thing to get to it. So I think that is a big move in the right direction. If we got a little more warm weather faster, Toledo Bend could have been a lot more interesting tournament. They definitely tried to put Hackney and Christie and those guys in the limelight. But the bite didn't happen, and the other guys caught him. So the the thing is, to pivot here, they, they work on their schedule multiple years in, in advance. And yeah, they needed some some different tournaments out of the gate to not see a bunch of hanging minnows, but that is what it is. Some people love the coverage that Bass 
people like Marty don't like Bassmaster coverage. It's a personal preference thing. Um, yeah, I didn't watch them a lot. So maybe interesting to know, you know, <laughs> what the views really are. I kind of get the feeling that Bassmaster still holds a much larger share of the audience. I don't know why the MLF and the BPT keeps going head to head with them. I think they should go on their off weeks. And because they have these weird long tournaments, why don't they start their tournaments and then end them in the middle of the week? I don't know. Um, except for they lost to the Bucks last night. Ugh. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, Toledo Bend is probably better than Fork as far as like if you want to go out and consistently catch 13 to 18 pounds, there's probably more two to three pounders and just more fish and it's bigger. But the upper echelon fish, like the number of like five to maybe eight pounders is probably bigger at Lake Fork. Toledo Bend, yeah, and they're both probably equally good as far as like catching like big, big fish, but I don't know. I think the the weights will be higher at Fork, the winning weights. Weights went up on the Delta today, the Mobile Delta. All right. Nate says, question. I have a Dobbins Free 735 for frogging. I like it because I can throw all sizes of frogs. Do more expensive models keep the same power in action or do they differ at all? For the most part, yes. A five, especially the 735, as you go up from Savvy's a little bit slower action, but it definitely the backbone of it's still just as strong. The 735 champ, still very, I own that one. I frog with that one. You're just going to get a little more ever so slight light saving or weight savings, but. I mean, you know, if you're frogging, they're all visual bites. It's not a sensitivity thing. If you're dedicated frog rod and the balance is good and you like it, I don't know that you need a more expensive frog rod. I would save my money and invest, you know, if I wanted a 735 champ, I'd keep maybe like the Fury as my frog rod and then use my 735 champ as a jig rod where I actually need that sensitivity. They made it 24 hours. You have to sub to comment on Bassmaster Live. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe I haven't watched enough MLF to know the difference. I also watch a lot of the Bass Live mix, which has a lot less commercials. Maybe you guys that are, don't like the Bassmaster Live, try watching the Bassmaster Live mix on YouTube. Less commercials. Less talking, though. Like, less explanation. You just get to watch. Um, I've bought some, but I haven't tried the Crush City. Yeah, not everybody likes to interact with the crowd like I do, Chris. Uh, there was some excitement on Santee Cooper today in the knockout round on MLF, BPT. As I say, why, why do they keep trying to go head-to-head -to, -head to Bass? They could be getting a lot more viewership, I think, if they weren't going head-to-head. -head. Um, well, next year, they're going to eliminate two days of fishing and just go to four days of fishing. But they'll all be covered.
especially in the opening of the year when MLF was the first one to go, like they started the tournament season because they started on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it is. Not having those first two days of the season when everybody was jonesing for live fitness and live fishing and the, the open on Okeechobee hadn't started and MPFL hadn't started, that was a huge miss, I think. Good reminder for Brian, hit the thumbs up. Nice. Dustin has two 735 savvies, solid rods. Waves current nice as he smisses Marty Stone. Subscribe for 20 minutes on Bassmaster Live. You only have to subscribe for zero minutes to comment here. Takahiro before Zona. Yeah, I don't know. I know our friend Ken Duke has always been pretty critical of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. Most of the time it's Ronnie Moore running the Bassmaster account, for sure. Even better chance to see big baits at fork. What's up, Sean? Wigglewort season? I wish, I mean, talk about a year. I guess I might have to go over and visit Tyler because uh, Wisconsin a couple years ago opened their year-round catch and release. And I got to think, I mean, are they fishing on like Winnicani and Winnebago and those lakes yet? I got to think those things got to be pretty close to ice open. Like on the Fox and those rivers down there. But like, it seems like it's coming soon. It sucks that I have to leave my own state to fish legally for bass right now. Yeah, who? Sean's not a moderator, is he? He doesn't have the, is he? Yeah, how'd that happen? I feel like I should remove that. Everybody shoot. Yeah, who made... I don't even remember making Sean a moderator. Is that real? Did you hack the system, Sean? Seems odd. Well, a lot of people in the live tonight. Not a lot of people went to go look for Debo and they just found out hella. <laughs> Your Wart Lake is too... Yeah, that's the one thing. We didn't get snow this year. I feel like we're going to pay for that this year because our lakes were low coming into the fall and we're not going to have much melt this year. So I think that could be uh, not great. Yeah, our, our winter has been very moderate, but we just didn't get the moisture. Is there really a difference between a mole and a bot, Brendan? Kind of the same thing. All right. Frank with the question, I don't see the difference between watching the back of someone's fishing front-facing sonar or skipping docks. I like drone shots and camera boats. What about you, Hello Bass? I do think this thing is more visually appealing to watch somebody going down a bank, fishing docks, flipping, throwing a buzz bait, whatever. The scenery changes. 
But if they're not catching them, there's still a point in which there's diminishing returns of watching somebody. I think the other thing that people don't like about front-facing sonar is, I know TK mentioned this on his live today, is that Stetson Blaylock was literally, or was it Blaylock or one of them? I don't remember who it was. Was literally just holding their fishing rod like by their side. Their other hand was on their in their pocket and a foot on the trolling motor just scanning around. So the fact that they don't even cast is part of what I think rubs people the wrong way. Uh, but you do see that like with topwater fishing, right? You know, when it's like schooling season or herring lakes, you'll see guys not casting, waiting for them to come up and blow up. I guess it's not that much different. Uh, you think it's still going to be April up by you, Nick? I don't know. I talked to Will Pappenfus, and he didn't think it was going to take that long, and he was up in Bemidji. Yeah. Frog and buzzweed fishing, you know what you got to do? You got to go to grass lakes for that. I do think it helps, right? Uh, when uh, Robert G, you know, Zeldane does a good job when he's on there of explaining what he's seeing, why he's throwing, why he's like, hey, you know, he did some really explanations like, hey, you know, I'm seeing bass above the bait. And when they crash down on top of it, I'm trying to do this with my minnow and I'm trying to cast, you know, using this weight. Like, that's pretty good. But when you got somebody just like really bearing down on it, not talking, it's it's not that great. Uh, yeah, the Spro Frog Tournament, Mississippi. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, William says, would front-facing sonar work on the Spro Frog tournaments up here? No. Like, I don't think so. I don't think any amount of perspective shallow water is ever going to work in thick, matted out vegetation. Now, could you see some fish, like, feeding on wing dams or a sand drop and then use a frog as, like, a traditional topwater? Sure, but that's probably not the most effective tool at that point. Interesting. Clay says somebody on live said they had one jump off, saw it was a good one, and followed on front facing sonar and got it to bite again. I mean, I've done that shallow water with my eyes. New York suffering from lack of moisture. Yeah, you can't modify frogs in the Spro tournament. You literally can't even cut the legs anymore. They've changed the rules. So you can't punch them. You can't weight them. You can't Carolina rig them. You can literally only throw a frog out of the package when nothing changed. Or you might be able to just trim the legs, but that's it. But you can't add rattles. You can't tweak the the. You can't bend the the hooks. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like if you watch the live mix, you get guys like Hackney and Christie talking about watching other guys. That's pretty interesting. But you don't see that on the the traditional Bassmaster Live on FS1 or the uh, the Bassmaster.com unless you click live mix. So the YouTube is the easiest way to watch the live mix, and that's where you get to see a lot of the pros talking about the other ones fishing. I don't think you can bend the hooks. I don't know in this pro tournament. It's very limiting on what you can do. That's what I'm saying, like heavy vegetation, 
It is about the only kryptonite to uh, largemouth with heavy vegetation is about the only kryptonite to uh, front-facing sonar. Yeah, I just haven't watched much MLF. I've been busy. I didn't have time to watch as much Bassmaster. But the thing is, like, so that's the other big win for Bassmaster in my mind by making it so easy where it's a touch of a button in, like, to put YouTube. And because I have YouTube Premium, then I can literally just listen to it in my car wherever I'm going. And I don't have to log into the MLF Now app or the, the Fix TV app and all that stuff. Like, Bassmaster, by bringing it to where the people are, is, is a big win. Um, I think most people retrieve a speed worm just by slowly reeling it in, kind of like a swim jig, but there are other retrieves. You can fish it like a regular worm. You can burn it on the surface, but a lot of people just count it down and, and slow roll it. But it can be used as a topwater, like a buzz toad. Um, I feel like it's usually in July or August, the Spro tournament, but I don't know. And I think the Bassmaster Open on Watchdaw that was the actual live because they don't have a live mix on the Bassmaster Open. <clears throat> you get the actual stream on YouTube, I think. I didn't know there was a Bassmaster app. Last weekend of July is this pro tournament. Was David Dudley catching him on a wacky worm today? I would have liked to watch MLF on Santa Cooper if they weren't going head to head. And also because I like fancy fishing so much and their fancy fishing game sucks so bad now that I've lost vested interest and it makes me less one. I'm much more tied into the Bassmaster fancy fishing and I want to follow the anglers that I picked. It makes me more vested to watch Bassmaster. I don't know if there's any comments over on the, the Instagram. Nobody's watching. Uh, Pat Bolden on Instagram said, forget the front-facing crap. It was awesome to see Jay Lee in the top 10. Coop Galat surprising in the top 10. Those are the two comments from Instagram. What's my favorite spinning? It is helpful when you guys put the question on like that. I can see the questions better. More likely I can pick it out from all the chat favorite spinning rod for wacky rigs i use a fury 703 sf for all my wacky rigs with a 4000 size fuego spinning reel with like 20 to 30 pound braid and then i'll vary the fluorocarbon leader from either no leader up to 10 to 15 pound depending on the cover and the clarity of the water and i like a nico style hook and an arsenal wacky band to keep that worm going for more fish probably catch more fish on that rod than any other rod every year because the wacky rig is so good i have no idea if the leagues will ever combine again or one will disappear all that'll go um there you go so tyler is bougie he likes to use the champion extreme same action rod but to me i don't need that much sensitivity <laughs> a fury like you see the line moving it's shallow to me, the Fury is, um, yeah. I use the Fury 703 Dobbins, FR 703, and uh, Tyler's saying the DX 703, but the Fury is only like 120 bucks. 
we could pull it up on omniafishing.com quick. That would be fun. Since there was a question. <laughs> I will say shout out Bass Tech Agitator. Uh, tungsten shaky do it all jig heads are now available on uh, Omnia. Highly recommend. Easy for stupid tubes, jig worms, swimming menace scrubs, KTEX, all kinds of things. But uh, to the question of rods. Let's see here. Fury, spinning rods. This one right here, 70 medium fast 703, right here. That's my favorite wacky rig rod. Free Lake Fantasy Picks. Yeah, we could do, I could go based on roster. Let's see. So if we got feel here, if we go to standings, right? And. Let's just try this. These will be my unofficial, right? So basically, we'll assume that 1st through 20th is A, right? 21st through 40th, yeah, each, each 20 is a bucket. So top 20, uh, I'd probably go with uh, Walters again off the top of my head. Uh, but definitely some other... I mean, Fujita would have to be considered. Palmer could be good there. Milliken. I feel like Johnsons have done well there. Uh, Lee Gordon. There's some good options in the top 20. And then if we go 20 to 40, Kelly Hartman. Hmm. Little, I mean, Zaldane is going to probably get the most picks, and he would be interesting. I think I actually have him penciled in my drain the lake. He is pretty much a local to Fork. You'd think he's been over there dabbling, pre-practicing, learning. He's been out there with Livesey. It would be hard not to pick Zaldane. Mm, Jay Shakur is probably always a decent pick. Taco Ito. I think you can always, if you want to go against the green, you can always pick one of these uh, EQ guys like Tompkins. Uh, could be a good pick. Suka, maybe. All right. And then 41 through 60 would be bucket C. You get Polnick, maybe, right on the border there. If they're spawning, Cox. I don't know. Is the, is the grass good at fork? Because Schmidt is always good where there's grass. Kennedy, Big Bait. Wong had a good tournament with Big Baits there. Lee's in Bucket C. I don't, I don't know how you can't take... In, in Bucket C, it would be harder to go against Lee Livesey. That's probably going to be two very chalk picks. Or fruit, those pox, I mean, Walters, Zaldane, and Lee would be pretty chalk. Uh, Robertson might be in Bucket D. That could be a good one if the Big Bite, big bite thing's good. Uh, Garrett, I think, in Bucket D. Mm, Caleb Kufal, Seth Fighter, Keith Combs would be very he's gonna probably get all the votes in bucket D. Mosley to get a chatterbait bite. All right, and then bucket E. Wow, Scott Martin did not have a good tournament. Mm, Welcher. Hackney. 
Brian Smith. That that's surprising. I mean, Hanselman, I don't know if he's ever fished fork. He's a text. He's probably going to get a lot of percentage points, but I'd be scared to pick him. Ooh, I'd have to look at some tournament history here on fork for bucket E. Pipkins has been good on there. He could be a he could be a good value pick if you want somebody that's off the radar. Um so there's my initial thoughts without seeing the exact buckets or percentages. Would 7-2 medium light spinning rod be more sensitive for wacky rig and other finesse? Yeah, I don't really use the same rod as my wacky rig. I do use like a medium, medium light for like my neds, my drop shots, but I use a three power for wacky rigging because, but also for me, most of my wacky rigging is around cover, like docks, wood, laydowns, grass, things like that. I don't do a lot of open water or light vegetation. I don't like throw wacky rigs on like edges of grass or you know, deep weed lines or open water or stuff like that. If you're, if you're like around boulders and sand and that kind of stuff, sure. Maybe a seven, two medium light. But if you like most of my wackings are on cover. So a seven, two medium light would be like my Ned, my drop shot rod. Yeah. I haven't, I have not watched this team series, but on paper, I think I would like it. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see. At this point, people used to complain about betting tournaments being boring. Now, I'm sure, like, let's say Fork turns into a uh, a site fishing fest, that people there'll be just as many people complaining that's boring as it is front facing sonar. Yeah, I think Robert Gee actually did a pretty good job of that on live so far, engaging. D1D Steve, hella, if you're going to buy one reel to bomb sea rigs and frogs and stuff flip with all 40 pound braid, what would it be? Probably a 735 in your budget. So champion 735 would be good to do all those things. Yeah, I think Levisay and Brandon both are going to be in bucket C potentially. If you like a little more length, the Sobe 723 is a good wacky rig rod. Yeah. Uh, side bets on fantasy f or, uh, fishing would be good. No, I'll pick Livesey and Bucket C, probably. <laughs> Fatty, fatty, fatty fishing question. Is the Dobbins Champion Extreme 740 FC worth the price compared to other Dobbins for jigs? I actually think the Champion XP 744 Jig Rod Special is a better value than the 745. I have two Champion Extreme 745s and one XP 744, and I like all three of those rods a bunch. But if I was buying them again, I would just get the Jig Special for the XP 744. I mean, typically in the past, they don't alter the buckets. They go straight AOI after the first one. But they can do whatever they want. 
I can't say that I'm in the Sixth Sense Facebook group, <laughs> Tyler. Well, and he'll probably have a high percentage on. Uh, wasn't he? In, was he in bucket E? This what bucket was Keith Combs? I don't remember. Hmm. See, Champ Extreme. I don't like the 744 Extreme. That's more of a Texas rig rod for me. I think the 745 Extreme or the 744 Champion hits better for jigs, but that's a personal preference. Now I'm a straight floral guy too. Yeah, Welcher at 80 something is surprising for sure. I have no idea how many points Rick Lund has. They don't disclose those things. Maybe you could DM Ronnie and he'd tell you. I do think anybody in the top six does have a shot, Nate, to win tomorrow. But, you know, I, honestly, I want to see Patch Slopper win. That'd be cool. A guy that I've fished against several times uh, in Minnesota, at Pickwick, at the uh, Watch Talk National. I mean, I fished against him in two national championships and a couple regionals. I'd love, he's a super nice dude. Uh, super down to earth. Love to see Patch Lopper win. And I think he is at least an 80% chance to win with a six pound lead and him being the most consistent across all the days. But I do think anybody back to Patrick Walters, if they freak show a bag or Pat stumbles, has a chance. No, he doesn't. He's only got so many AOI and classic points. And, but there's a lot of years he didn't have to use them. So if he didn't like finish, like, let's say he only finished like 65th in AOI or 50th in AOI, he wouldn't have had to burn the, an exemption in his later years. And he has a lot of good years of lifetime average, but now those are probably gone because he's had so many like 90, 90th place AOIs. But like the COVID year, they didn't cut anybody. So nobody had to use an exemption that year. Um, or maybe there was years where they didn't drop anybody because the field side was smaller. But he he can't have that many left. And the way they're celebrating his 50th year makes, I don't know. Um, depends on what you like. I think if depends for strolling, depends how heavy of weight you'd want to go. Like if you'd ever go up to three eighths or half or something like that, I'd go with the three power. But if you were like really like eighth ounce up to quarter, then you could probably get away with a two power for like that mid strolling stuff. That's I do the the bill dance or the the butt seat was a, a nice touch in the Robert Gee boat for sure. I'd like to see a a POV like hat cam at Bassmaster. I'd also like to see them instead of whatever if they have six camera boats or ten camera boats or whatever, like leave one like you. I don't think anybody should be like guaranteed to have the camera all day. They should think about pulling cameras like, you know, if if uh, if a guy's stuck all day and four hours into the day, he's got three fish for six pounds, like 
yeah, maybe we need to see who's like surging up the leaderboard and go put, you know, follow them. Or I also think going back to like having cameras outside of the boat, other than the the drone where they actually like get the landscape view of watching somebody at a distance, kind of like the, the way the still photographers do it would be interesting. Um, I think MPFL would be smart not to ban FSS, but be the first one to put some limitations on it. You do hear the disdain from the veterans, but I think that's back to my original point is that they, I think a lot of them know their days are numbered if they don't adapt. Lee Livesey, 80%. I don't know if it'll be 80, but I bet you it'll be over 70. We differ on what we like for Jig Rod, Sean. But it's like anything. People like different shoes. People like different rods. It's all it's all uh, personal preference mechanics. Combs was D, so I went Latuso. He wasn't much better there. Livesey doesn't make the cut at Fork. <laughs> you want a side bet on that, Clay? <clears throat> Your question was about a reel, not a rod. Oh, it was a rod reel. Um, sorry, maybe I was on the rod brain. Any 150 to 200 pound size reel, like a Tatula CT, a Corrado K, kind of what is your preference if you're a lose person, but anything that has, you know, 150 to 200 size reel capacity and a seven-ish three to one reel. Reading with Rigo says Pat's a great guy. Uh, I throw mag drafts all the time on my 764 champ. It's the main rod I throw mag drafts on. And Minnesota rigs. Oh, there you go. Hans has Schlopper in his drain of the lake. That'd be a nice win. Where did I... Put Schlopper. I feel like I put Schlopper on my fork during the lake. Yep. I missed it by one. I knew I was getting Texas vibes in my hella spidey senses, but uh, if Milliken wins, you'll never comment. I, well, we want you to comment, Clay. Dustin says 745 Cadence Cook is becoming his multi purpose rod for bottom contact. Yeah, Milliken's definitely polarizing. People love him or they hate him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Clay, that's a little extreme. Uh, I feel like offseason caught up with Clun like five years ago, Dustin. Pulling the camera tells the guys the score, though. Uh, whatever. <laughs> the the seven forty four champion hits harder than seven forty four extreme. Uh, what was it? It was 
regular fantasy fishing game, I'm at 92.3. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch the pro, opens pro pickums. My the next tournament that I'm signed up for is the lacrosse qualifier in mid-May, the Bass Nation qualifier. I might get in some April tournaments on the river before that, but that's the only one I'm registered for. They they could have a Legends Tour for the guys that are going to be kicked out of the Elite soon. Yeah, Latuso burned me as well, Dax. Well, I actually got to probably cut this short so I can get ready for my WhatNot stream. Uh, if anybody's interested, I can drop that in the chat quick if you want to join me. Actually, it'll be if you want to join me on WhatNot, I'll put up the stream. But otherwise, it will be broadcasting, hopefully, on YouTube. Although Bateman said he was having some problems with his. So he said he couldn't get his to go to YouTube in the past. I don't know if that was a Bateman problem or what kind of problem that was. But uh, Dustin says he's 27% or 40 was 27 up to 40s. There you go. Climbing, Dustin. Uh, right. Here's the, the stream link. If anybody wants to join me over at Whatnot, uh, yeah, we'll be hopping over there. It might pop up on your tube. You can watch from there. You can probably watch on Facebook. But we're going to sling some baits and talk some crankbaits and got some chatterbaits and a whole bunch of stuff. So maybe I'll see some of you over there. Appreciate you guys joining on a Saturday night. I don't know when we're streaming next week, to be honest. Maybe on the eve of Lake Fork. Maybe I can get a guest. We'll see. Thanks for your tune in. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. And I will throw the... Omnia code and Arsenal code on the bottom of the screen in case you missed it. <laughs> and uh, we got a few days left to cash in on the February Omnia code. Thanks all. Oh, Trevor's pre-bidding on whatnot. That a guy. All right. See you on the flip side. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.